do not be afraid. It's kind of comical, but I remember a, uh, a play that Nick was in, and I think Natalie was in, but she was real little, a Christmas play at Faith Assembly several years ago. Oh, it's been probably close to 20 years ago. Uh, maybe more. More than 20 years ago. Boy, that's a long time. Nick, you're old. Um, anyway, um, there was a scene in it where it was a Christmas play. The scene in it where the angel comes in and Nick was one of the shepherds, Justin Crowder, and I can't remember who else was. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And so the angel comes in and he says, Fear not. And, and all, the, all the boys go, Ah! And the angel said, I said, fear not. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's funny, but I think we need to be reminded when the Lord says, fear not, and the fear grips us and we're like, I don't know what to do. Then the Lord reminds us, I said, fear not. Do not be afraid. Isaiah chapter 43, verse number one. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. In verse number 1, it says, this is what the Lord says. In other words, the Lord is talking, so pay extra attention. Why? Because He's the one who created you. He's the one that formed you. He's the one that gave you life. Psalm 139.19 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That's not what that says. There is a scripture that says that, and it's not that one. I wrote it wrong in my notes. Scripture scramble to see who can find it. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Who knows where it's at? You knit me together in my mother's womb. Oh, come on. You know your Bible better than that. Psalm what? 37 and... Psalm 37, 13, and 14. Is that right? Psalm 37. Let's see. Actually, it is Psalms 139, 13, and 14. For you have created my okay. being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Tammy, can you change that? 139 and 14. Is it 13? 13 and 14. 13 and 14. 139, 13, and 14. 139, 13, and 14. Amen. Amen. You can go into that 
right there in where it says the scripture, and you can type that in right up there at the top if you if you could do that. But if not, that's okay. Psalm 139, 13, 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Do not fear. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. That's what it says in verse number 1. The, the word redeemed here means deliverance. You can go ahead and go back to verse number one, Tammy. The word fear, the word redeemed here means deliverance. It's an example of when God delivered the Israelites from the bondage of the Egyptians. He redeemed them. He delivered them from the oppression of the enemy. How, how many know that the enemy likes to oppress? Yes. And he likes to bring fear. But it's, an, it's essential for us to remember, do not be afraid because He redeemed us. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Amen. Just like in Genesis 26, when Isaiah was told by Abimelech to move away because he'd become too powerful, Isaac then journeyed away and reopened the wells his father Abraham had dug. And he encountered opposition and resistance, but God told him in verse 24, Do not fear, do not be afraid, for I am with you. And then he said, I will bless you. Do not be afraid, and I will bless you. 1 Kings 17, Elijah was directed by God to go to a widow for food during a famine. How many remember that story? But when he got there, the widow was just about at the end of her rope. Her food was almost gone, and she was gathering sticks to make a fire for what had been, what had been her final meal for her and her son. She says, I'm going to make a cake for me and my son, and we're going to die. But the man of God said in verse 13, Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, because if she did what God wanted her to do, God would not only take care of the prophet, but she would be abundantly blessed and taken care of as well. Second Kings chapter 6. Elisha had been warning the king of Israel of the plans of the king of Aram. This is kind of humorous in a way. The king of Aram was enraged when he found out that his private planning strategies were being told by Elisha to the king of Israel. God told him what the king said, and he told the king of Israel. Elisha was a man of God. When he found out, he sent an army to surround the city where Elisha was. And 2 Kings 2.15 says, When the servant... Of the man of God got up, he went out early the next morning. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Get this picture. He was, he was standing there. The servant of God was standing there. And this king's army was around. They were going to destroy Elisha. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And then in verse 16 he says, Don't be afraid. The prophet answered. Can you imagine? Okay, there's thousands of guys out there armed to the hilt. And you're telling me not to be afraid? What's the deal? I don't get it. I mean, it's like, 
It's like World War III out there, except they hadn't had the first two yet. Um, but, you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, what's going on? It'd be like if you came home or you, you peeked out your door and like half of the police department was right out there on your lawn and down your street and you're like, okay, what's going on? And they got this bullhorn and they're about to holler in at you and you're thinking... Not to compare the police department with an evil king, so let's just get that straight. But I mean, just, just the visual. I mean, it'd be shocking. That's, he was shocked at that. The authorities are there. And the prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The Lord's army was there to protect them and they were greater than the other army that was standing there. It's a fascinating story. I want to encourage you to read the rest of it. But I want to encourage you. We have to remember, do not be afraid. Because He has redeemed us. He has delivered us from all manner of trouble. If He can deliver us from sin, He can deliver us from anything. He can deliver us from troubles, distresses, persecution, even uh, from the enemy. He delivers us from the threat of sickness and disease, even COVID-19, which seems to be making its way around the globe. Remember what the Word says, do not be afraid. I believe that we can be as Job was in the middle of the worst despair anyone could have gone through to fear not and declare as he did in Job 19.25. He says, I know that my redeemer lives why do you don't why do you why should you not be afraid i mean that's really what it says is don't be afraid for i have redeemed you the reason that we don't have to be afraid is because my redeemer lives my redeemer lives he's still alive we're getting ready to celebrate easter in, in just a few weeks And it's a reminder to us that He is still alive. He is still in control. He's not a dead God that has been buried in in a tomb somewhere else. But He has been resurrected on the third day. He sits at the right hand of God to make intercession for who? For us. For us. The children of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So we know when the Lord speaks, we need to pay attention. He created us. He formed us. He tells us, do not be afraid because He has redeemed us. He also lets us know in the last part of verse number 1 that He has summoned us or called us by name and declares that you are His. You belong to Him. In Isaiah 43.1 You are His. How many have ever heard your mom or your dad or your grandparents call out your name. You could be in a crowd of people, but you know that voice and you hear your name. It's the same way. Let me remind you that I have called you out specifically by name. You belong to him. He knows you by name. You're not just a number. But you are his child. You must remember, don't ever forget who you are in Jesus Christ because you were bought with a price. Yes. 
You were bought with a price. And that price was so high. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You will encounter tough situations. Yes. Tough things that will happen. Mm-hmm. Notice that in verse 2 of Isaiah 43, it says, When... When you pass through, not if you pass through, but when you pass through, because it will happen. Life happens. But when it happens, don't be afraid because you will pass through. That means all the way. When you pass through, that means you're going through. There's an old song that says, I'm going through, I'm going through. Then you progress to an even more difficult situation that will test your faith. That will happen when you pass through the rivers. Now, there's a difference between waters and rivers. You know, you can go to the Illinois River when it's really low and it looks like a little stream. But when we've had a lot of rain, it's a river. You can walk probably through the waters of the Arkansas River most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it just sometimes you you just be half sand and half little water. <laughs> but when we've had rain, it's a river. And there's no way. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. There are going to be things that are going to be more difficult than just the waters of life. There are going to be rivers, torrents that come through. And in the natural, they would absolutely sweep you away. But what the Word of God here says is that when those things come that are so powerful that even even in any situation, any circumstance, it would be crazy, lunacy to think that you could even get through that. With the waters, you're thinking, oh, I can probably make it. And most of the time, you're probably right. But the Lord says, even when you're facing the water situation, I'm going to help you. You're going to get through. And when you get to the river, you're like, there is no way I can cross this. But the Lord says, when you pass through the rivers, He said, they will not sweep you away. Meaning that even though you may go through the river, even though you feel like you're going to drown, you're going to be washed downstream, they will not sweep over you. You may feel at times like you're losing your footing and the current will take you down, but you will pass through. Do not be afraid. Everybody say, I will pass through. And then the progression gets a little bit more. It says, when you walk through the fire. What, are you crazy? Who in their right mind would walk through fire? Nobody in their right mind would walk through fire. But if your child was caught in a fire, you would walk through that fire. There are circumstances that are so severe and so hard to deal with. It will be like a fire. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or the flames come upon you. Notice there's a progression. The waters, the rivers, it goes from tough to tougher. And then impossible. 
we can remember the words of the Lord. Do not be afraid as the waters and the rivers challenge us. But when we see the fire, it's different. There will be times in our walk with the Lord that there will be fires that will be there. What's a fire? What's your definition? Something that is so catastrophic, something that is so hard and so desperate. A few weeks ago, I shared a story with you about Courtney, the young lady who passed away at the age of 15. And I had contacted Courtney's mom on Facebook just to let her know that we appreciated her sharing the story and and, and allowing us to know who Courtney was because they were interviewed for the publications. And uh, she replied back and she said she was so thankful and that's what Courtney would have wanted. And last night she replied and and remember Courtney's story was in 2015 and then she said in 2018 their oldest son passed away as well. And I told that to Annette and she said, I, I can't even imagine to lose not one but two children just within three years. Folks, that's a fire situation. That is something that is just so catastrophic and so difficult. But she told me, she said, but God is faithful. But God is faithful. When you have those times that are so difficult and they seem so, you seem so helpless. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when because it will happen. Don't be afraid. When we walk through them, we will not be burned. The flames will not even come upon us. Why? Because verse 3 tells us, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Isaiah 43.3 says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. There were three Hebrew young men. You remember them. They stood up to the king and they said, we're not going to worship you. We're not going to bow down. Our Lord is well able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. And the Lord rescued them. There was not even the smell of smoke. Their clothes had not been burned. The only thing that had been burned was the the bindings that they had been tied up with. That's the only thing. And I believe that it's a symbol of whenever the fire comes that the only thing that the fire can burn is those things that cause you to have the trouble, to have the difficulty, to have the the issues that that are causing you to, to despair. Do not be afraid. Who are we serving? Our Redeemer, because He's our Savior, our Redeemer, our soon coming King. And as long as we have our eyes upon Him, then when the fire comes, then we can truly say, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't know why, but I'm going to trust You. When we go through the waters, the rivers, and the fire, 
We will be that light that will draw the lost to the Savior that we know. That really is the purpose. Not only to make us realize and to make us be strong in our faith, but that others can see. Just like the story we shared with Courtney and her family and her parents. What a powerful story. And we sympathize and we we don't understand. Many people would have said, oh, I just can't deal with this anymore. But God helps us. There are situations that you can go through. And I can guarantee you that I would much rather go through them with Jesus Christ in my heart than without Him. Because without Him, there is no hope. He is our hope. Others will see that they can live a life not looking to the fear and the heartache, but looking to the Redeemer named Jesus. Do not be afraid. I know that my Redeemer lives. He lives. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, I am reminded, this is what Paul writes to Timothy, young man in the faith. I am reminded of your sincere faith. Sincere means that we take our faith very seriously. It's not just an identity. It's not just um, an affiliation. It's not just a perception, but it is something down deep within. You can tell when somebody is sincere when they're talking to you. If they have conviction, if they have passion, if they believe what they're really telling you, or if they're just mouthing words. And I believe that the Lord knows when we're sincere in our faith. And I think that other people know when we're sincere in our faith, when we are purposeful, when we are passionate and fervent about our faith in Jesus Christ. Paul Christ. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Timothy was surrounded by people of faith in his family. That's not always the case for everyone. But when you can surround yourself by people who are sincere in their faith, that is so powerful. It is so powerful. He says, appeal And he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Basically, he said, because of your sincere faith, because you're passionate about your faith, I want to remind you to fan the flame, fan into flame the gift of God. Everyone has been given a gift from God. I'm not talking about just Salvation. Yes, we've been given that. But God has given us a gift. And if we are sincere and passionate about our faith, when we have got our eyes fixed on Jesus, when we know that we our faith is not going to be wavered because there's nothing that is going to shake us so much that we're going to dismiss or walk away from our faith. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. When you, when you self-fan... That gift, and you allow it to just come up within you. It says, uh, it says, fan into flame the gift of God. Then God has something that He can use. <laughs> How many have ever gone to a, uh, uh, a camp out? And you see the fire, 
or maybe even just a, a, a fire that you've made, a little a little fire, campfire kind of thing. Doesn't have to be an overnight camp out, but when the flames get down low, you can start something up again. And you can blow on it and you can fan it and it just gets red hot and it starts doing something amazing. It gives the ability to create warmth and heat. And what happens when people are cold? If there's two fires to choose from, they don't choose the one that's died out and almost ashes. They choose the one that has been fanned into flame and there's a warmth there. May I suggest to you this morning that as you are sincere and passionate in your faith, you fan into flame the gift that God has given you and other people will be drawn to your passion and your faith in Jesus Christ. Out here, they're facing all kinds of difficulty. They're facing all kinds of fears. But when they see that your trust and your faith and your belief is in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are firm in your faith. You're passionate about your faith. Faith, you are sincere about your faith and you have fanned into flame the gift of God, then other people will be drawn to you and they will see that gift. And then because of that, verse 7 says, the reason is because the Spirit of God does not make us timid or does not give us the spirit of fear but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I want to stop there for just a moment. So the reason that you fan into flame the gift of God, because the spirit God gave, gave us does not make us timid, or does not give us a spirit of fear, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Those things come together whenever we, whenever we fan into flame the gift of God. This, the reason that we do it is because we're not afraid to do it. We're not afraid to stand up and be counted. We're not going to be timid in our faith. There's times when people would be timid in their faith. They would, they would out of fear, they would say, well, I'm going to just kind of not let anybody know about my faith because I've got this all this stuff that's going on. That's exactly the time when everyone needs to know about your faith when the tough when it gets tough when the rivers the waters the fire come you need to be sincere and passionate about your faith so that you can stand up boldly you can fan into flame the gift of God because he did not give you that spirit of fear that comes from the enemy of your soul but from the Lord comes the spirit of power Love and self-discipline. He's given you power. He's given you love. And He's given you self-discipline. And then in verse 8 He says, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. That is exactly why He says to do this. Because when you do this, you will not be ashamed about the testimony that is in your faith in Jesus Christ. And if anyone ever needed the message of not being afraid and to have the freedom freedom of Christ it is today we do not need to be ashamed about the testimony of Jesus Christ in our life let our freedom ring out let our our passion and our praise to the Lord be known so that others can see him so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or me, his prisoner, rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. 
In this global health crisis that we're seeing right now, what an opportunity to share our faith in Jesus with everyone around us. If you have sincere faith, fan into flame the gift of God in your life. God has given us power, love, and self-discipline so that we cannot be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ and show the world that they do not have to be afraid. They don't have to be afraid. What, you guys had church? Weren't you afraid to go to church? No, I wasn't. You know, I'm not going to be presumptive about my faith and say, well, I'm not going to wash my hands because I trust God. That's called being presumptuous. Somebody said it's called being stupid. I heard that from more than one. It is. I mean... You know, it's it's the same deal with the with the you know when when the, the Bible says that they would uh, uh, they that 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 snakes would bite them and they they wouldn't be harmed. It's not an invitation for us to go out and handle snakes and say, "Well, the Lord's going to protect me." You'd be a fool to do something like that. Oh, the Lord's going to protect me, so I'm just going to go here next to the sickest person I can find because the Lord's going to protect me. It's not tempting the Lord, tempting faith, whatever you want to call it. But it's trusting the Lord and believing. It doesn't mean we're never going to get sick because sickness is in the world. But what it means is that we have authority given to us by Jesus Christ. Remind yourself, do not be afraid. Everybody say that. Do not be afraid. One more time. Do not be afraid. There's a couple of topics our, our superintendent, our general superintendent of the Assemblies of God had uh, put out a few days ago uh, on Thursday. And he gave us some prayer points for us to focus on. And he said, pray that we're driven by faith and not fear. Pray for people who have been impacted by the virus around the world. Because there are people around the world that have suffered great devastation and great loss. There have been thousands of people that have died in other parts of the globe. Pray for our missionary family and our global partners. Pray for the church to seize ministry opportunities. And then pray Romans 5.13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that this morning. Would you join me in praying? Father, I thank you, God, that you are the God of more than enough. Lord, we pray that faith and not fear would be the factors in our life today. That others will see Jesus Christ. That, Lord, they will see the hope in him as we trust God. I ask God that you would also... Uh, touch the people around the world that have been impacted by this virus. Lord, we know that there is devastation. There are countries where people have 
died, they are sick. And I pray, God, that you would just touch them and their families who have been affected. Lord, that through this tragedy and these series of events, that God, you would just allow Jesus to be seen and take what the devil has meant for evil and make something good out of this according to your word. Lord, we have missionaries all across this planet that are risking their lives, even physically, to share the gospel. And I ask your protection upon them, those that are in partnership with us in ministry as well, that you would protect them as they uh, do their best to point people to Christ. Lord, I thank you for the church and seeing the opportunities that we have, Lord, for ministry to touch people's lives in the, in the fear and the panic and the despair that they are in. Help us to be strong in our faith so that we can be that light to them that they need to be. Because we know that you've not given us a spirit of fear. You've given us a spirit of love, power, a sound mind, self-discipline. We thank you for that today. We do not have to be afraid. And we pray, God, that our faith and not fear will come to the surface. And others will receive that same hope in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.